Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me in This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. And this is not Drew Tignanelli. This is uh, Michael McCarthy here with uh, Chris O'Shea. And while the host is away, the co-hosts will play. <laughs> That's right. We will do our best impersonation yes. of the Italian wonder. Uh, it takes two Irishmen to equal the Italian, yep. maybe. In, absolutely. Uh, and a laptop with search capability. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's great to be with you, Mike. Yep, absolutely. Great to be with you. And this is an open show. Uh, Chris and I are here on our Wednesday evening for all of you listening to try to answer some questions and impart some wisdom about uh, all matters money, financial planning, estate planning, taxes. Chris and I are both CPAs. Um, and it's an open show, so 410-922-6680. And it is tax time, Mike. It is tax time. We know that well. <laughs> so on top of everything else, so right. Um, so, yeah, 922-6680, uh, there's several open phone lines. As Drew likes to say, it's good to get on early. That way you've got a little bit more time. Yep. Uh, those commercials seem to come up really fast. And uh, so call up, ask your question. Uh, Social Security is always... A favorite topic. Yes, we haven't had Mr. Uh, well, Mr. Social Security, quote unquote, retired some time ago. Uh, we've had some other folks on. We, it's something that we also uh, do a fair amount of. Uh, you know, Social Security planning is not as many, uh, you know, derivations as there used to be because mm-hmm. they restricted some of it because so many things became well known. Uh, but the Secure Act 2.0 and other things that happened out of D.C. We kind of call it the Full Employment Act for financial uh, uh, for for registered investment advisors like yes. us doing comprehensive planning because you know we've got to keep up with all the stuff that's changing. Yep, they keep making it more and more complicated. You and I were just talking about um, a provision that uh, Drew discovered on uh, one of the readings that he does around HSAs. Yeah, so right for for years we tell folks you know HSA is. You know, we like Roth accounts. You know, HSA is like the best of all worlds. If you're in a high deductible, if you have the option to be in a high deductible health plan, if you don't have chronic illnesses, um, HSAs are a great thing because the money goes in tax deductible and then it goes out tax free. So you're getting medical and expenses and it grows tax free. Uh, and it grows tax free. So oftentimes people use it as another retirement vehicle. So they keep the money in there, let it grow because you can. You know, this stays forever. It isn't a use it or lose it. It just accumulates over the years, and so you have money. You know, up for the rest of your life, you're gonna have medical expenses. If you're on Medicare, you can pay your Medicare premiums with this. You can't pay the supplemental, but you can pay your Medicare premiums and out of cost, out of pocket costs, that sort of thing. Well. We used to say that you can go, as long as you keep your receipts and you haven't been reimbursed from the plan, you can always go back and now say, okay, HSA administrator, here, uh, just send me the money because I've got these receipts. Well, now the tidbit is, is that if you close one plan and move it to another place, that, unless you keep that, some, unless you keep that, that old plan open, you can no longer go back in time to reimburse yourself 
for past expenses. And I think we can talk a little bit more, but let's go right to our first caller, Richard in Towson. Richard, how can we help? Oh, hello. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, I did my taxes last week, and one concerns the state uh, senior uh, credit of $1,000. Uh, right. My income happened to be just under $100,000. And I noticed the literature says you get a credit up to a thousand dollars, and but the tax software uh, you know, plugged in a thousand dollars. Is 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 it a thousand dollars, or is there a graduated amount up to a thousand dollars for the senior tax credit? Which was a pleasant surprise, actually. Yeah, right, because uh, there is a lot of provisions around it because the uh, Maryland legislature, the bill as written, says that it's only uh, going to be in effect for a year if the projections in March stay true to what the actual is by October, November. And so uh, it's basically a cliff. If you go over, then you lose it. But, yeah, no, you're, um, um, you, get the, you get the full thousand. Okay. Just wanted to be sure that the software was doing the job correctly. Well, yeah, because uh, you know, software we use, we know that Maryland was a little late in getting the information to the software providers. Right. So it wasn't until Monday that the calculation was actually working. They were actually not giving it to a lot of people who should get it, and it was being given to people who shouldn't get it. <laughs> right. So my, my, my uh, gross income was 98000 plus. And, you know, I, I took the $1,000 credit on my return. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Okay. Uh, the, the second item is more of a, it's, you know, not a smaller item. I, when I, in filling out my taxes, I entered my dividend from IBM, and it happens to have a Providence, Rhode Island address. Okay. So I took, when, I, when I, the software was seen to be indicating that I owed, that I had a thousand dollars of Rhode Island income. Does, does that make sense? Yes, but you, it, what you just have to do is override it. So even though that form may have said Rhode Island, you just change it to Maryland, and that'll fix it. Yeah, I, 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 I did. I ignored it basically. But, well, yeah. you don't want to ignore it. You want to make sure you do change it to Maryland. Okay, I, I think I think it's in the Maryland, uh, but I'm not hundred percent certain that I that I did that. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely just go into wherever you entered that 1099 and where it said Rhode Island, put put in Maryland. Yeah. I, okay. I've never seen that before. Okay. All right. Thanks well, thank you very much. much for your calls. All right. This is an open show. 410-922-6680. All lines are open. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time 
you experience the difference. Talk Radio 680 WCBM. And we're back with uh, Chris O'Shea and Mike McCarthy while Mr. Tignanelli takes a day off. And it is still an open show and the lines are still empty. And Chris and I are itching to uh, to take phone calls to ask answer questions that you have. 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680. As we say, a rare absence a for... Rare. Uh, Mr. Tignanelli. I have to check the spreadsheet and see how long it's been since he missed a show. I, I think he misses like two a year, maybe. If that, yeah. <laughs> but this is a, he, he just loves to do it. He loves to, to educate folks. He just loves to teach. Um, and uh, so he will be back in, uh, in full measure uh, next, week. next week, right? Yep. He'll interrupt his tax return stuff long enough to, uh, uh, to sit in for the show. So, in fact, I think I didn't catch it, but I think he was on with the morning uh, show on. folks uh, uh, this morning. So, Okay, very good. Yeah, so 922-6680-410-922-6680. We had just, were talking the, at the tail end before uh, we took the call about the HSAs. Yep. So it's, it's really just a matter of um, you need to uh, just beware when, uh, you know, like we have a client now who has an HSA through Care First, and the investment part is at Schwab, right? Right. And you want to move it over. Well, you can't just move that account over and have us start to manage it now because he's going to, he's going to close that account. So he has to, you can't close the account and have that Schwab account through Care First. You're going to have to take the money out and, kind of, and, and transfer it over to a newly established HSA. All the rules of an HSA, Schwab has the ability of doing that, but you can't, you know, uh, uh, they need to be separate. It's like a, a 401k. If you close your 401k out and you do a, a direct uh, trustee-to-trustee transfer, it's coming over as cash, though, right? Because it's too, you know, it's you've got a qualified plan that that money's coming out of 401k, and it's going to come over as cash. So we had a client uh, recently thought that it was going to come over in kind, and, you know, they don't. Right. But luckily, it's a non-taxable uh, transaction. Sure. We'll come back to HSA talk after Bob in Lutherville. Bob, how can we help? I had a question. I have a paid-up annuity. It was a seven-year annuity through security benefit, and it has, it has insurance and a rider and all that. Um, it's actually worth uh, just to cash out about 83000 but it, it says death benefit is like 104. Anyway, but it's an IRA. Um if if I uh, don't ever cash that in, or do I have? To, I'm 72, be 73 this year. Do they? Do I have to pay? Uh, since it's an annuity, like an insurance policy, do I have to pay a required minimum distributions? Yeah, depending on what options, you know, and uh, uh, those uh, types of news are not my expertise. But generally speaking, if assets in an IRA, when you turn 73 this year, you got to defer it because of the Secure Act 2.0. But you well, actually, you had to start taking it out last year because you were seventy-two last year, and the law didn't go in effect until this well, I year. I thought they changed it to seventy-three. I was well, they I changed it to seventy-three, but it wasn't effective until January one. So technically, yeah. you should have taken out the RMD last year. Money's in an IRA, and you're seventy-two last year. You yep. need to take out an RMD. 
Okay, and even though it's like uh, set up, do we pay that as an insurance policy? Do they do a schedule or something so I know how? Well, there's there's certain type there's a and I forget the name of it. There's a certain type of uh, of annuity where it allows you to accomplish the RMD, but you're just talking about a death benefit, and that's you know that's different. Because um, uh, remember, again, if the annuity's outside, but now you've got a tax deferred vehicle in a tax deferred shell. The shell is the IRA, so it's two different things going on here. So. Um, um, anyway, I, I th think you need to, to, to look at the, uh, the RMD for, uh, for next year. A good thing to do is you, you if you want to call us at the office, um, we'll, yeah, uh, Drew I'll is really the annuity. I'll, I'll look at it a little bit more and then, uh, and then we can answer that. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. So this is still an open show. 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680. Chris and I are both here to answer your questions. We're both, Chris, you look like you want to say something now. No, I'm just oh, okay. uh, I'm just I'm just looking something <laughs> um, up. So, so Chris and I are here to answer your questions. We're both certified public accountants and certified financial planners. Uh, I also went ahead and got the personal financial specialist designation from the AICPA, which is their version of the CFP. So we're all here to answer questions. But we were on HSA Talk tonight, and I just want to take a different stab at explaining to uh, everybody what we're talking about here. The terms that Chris is referring to is based on a strategy where. You load up your HSA, you, you get as much money as you can into it, and then instead of reimbursing yourself for medical expenses as you go along, you just pay them out of pocket and you keep all the receipts. And in your HSA account, you start to invest. Therefore, that HSA money grows tax-free, and then you keep all these receipts, and after it's grown for a number of years, um, you get the money back out tax-free with growth um, by submitting all of your old receipts. But um, what Chris has been talking about is that uh, we kind of found a little part of the rules that seems to say that um, whatever expenses you want to reimburse yourself for, the account that, the, uh, that was in existence at the time of those expenses needs to be open. So Chris was talking about keeping it open, and I think that's where we left off, and I guess the next part of that is that may not be easy to move your HSA and leave the old one open because you um, most HSA providers, once you're no longer kind of tied in with whatever product they're linked to, they want to start charging a monthly fee. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they're going to charge yeah. a monthly fee, no doubt. No doubt they will do that. Um, so, uh, so it's something to think about. Yeah, so uh, we have a few minutes before we uh, have to uh, uh, go to... Uh, news and traffic. So, uh, by all means, get on the get on the phone four one zero nine two two six six eighty four one zero nine two two six six eighty. We are obviously um, in the early stages of tax season. Uh, there aren't as many challenges as the last few years that they've been. Right. Right. Um, you know, this time when Congress made some changes, uh, I just say all the folks in D.C. because I mean, Congress is passing them, but the president signing them, and uh, so the things were not effective until 2023 and beyond, right? The Secure right. Act 2.0 is 2023 to 2027, I guess, where different things phase in. Um, so you didn't have, uh, you know, the, the, the different um, due dates for returns. You know, last year you had the thing going on with Maryland. They deferred them to July. Um, and yet, because it seems that the providers, the, the people producing 
all the statements are needed to do your taxes, get them out later and later and later. Yep. And then the, the date hasn't changed from April 15th. We are ones that would that would wish that they could just extend it all, you know, make it be June 15th or have people extend their returns. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that I think um, for anyone out there who has a paid provider, you pay somebody else to do your tax return for you. One of the things I don't think is always known is that um, a lot of those forms, you know, form 1099 uh, composite from your investments, um, K-1s, if you have any of those types of investments, man, sometimes those things don't come out for months. And uh, for me, uh, you know, to go into a return to do three quarters of it and then say, I'll wait a month and I'll come back and finish it, it doesn't really work. So I know people are frustrated that, hey, I turned in all the stuff I have. You know, why does my texture not turn right back around? Um, and, uh, you know, that's the reason. We, we like to do it all together so we get a full picture. Yeah, well, the, 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 the custodians, the, the brokers now are waiting longer because people are, are changing the numbers that they report to them. It's not you know, it's Charles Schwab's fault or Fidelity's fault because the investments they're reporting to them change the numbers. But we wait until just about April 1st just so we don't have to amend tax returns if they come up with new corrections. So this is an open show. The phone number is 410-922-6680. I've not said that a million times to remember it. We have one caller on the line, and Robert, we're going to get to you as soon as we get through this hard break. Riches and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. And we are back with more Money, Riches, and Wealth. Uh, this is an open show with your special duo of Mike and Chris tonight. We've got plenty of lines open and plenty of show left for your questions. And we have a little dancing to do while the music plays. But without, We're digging at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without further ado, we're going to go to Robert in Florida. Robert, how can we help? Yeah, I just had uh, two questions. One is, what's the income level where you don't have to pay or file income tax? Uh, I'm going to look that up real quick. I don't know off the top of my head. What's your other question while we look at that? Uh, the other one's about solar panels. But it sounds like it's too good to be true as far as knocking off your income tax and what type of verification would someone need to get all these tax credits. I find it hard to believe they're going to give you a knock off federal income tax, and then carryovers and all this kind of, and yet have no proof that you have it. No, you get a letter from the solar company um, that you you uh, scan in and you file with your tax return. So, um, but what, what about the financing? If you buy it outright, say it costs, you know, $20,000 and you pay cash, then it's yours. But if you finance it, it might not be you might not qualify for the tax write-off if you finance it, whatever. I haven't seen that. I haven't. I don't know offhand that if you finance it, it changes the tax credit. What I've seen on the qualified renewable energy property credit is that whether you paid cash or you financed it, as long as you, you know, essentially you paying with it with a note, you get that credit in that first year. That's a, I think there's a difference between a solar uh, a solar loan and a regular. Well, I give you that one. There's one. What you might be referring to is there's a scenario 
in which yeah. you don't really own the panels, but you install them. And there's an installation credit, but it doesn't give you the full credit because the solar company owns the panels on your roof, and you're yeah, just kind of renting yeah. them. That that yeah, that's uh, that's the, that's what I'm trying to figure out. How would you know if someone were to uh, give you the paperwork? How would you know if it's correct or fraudulent? Well, documentation on the on the uh, income tax and all that. The well, I, well, to actually tell you the truth, I wouldn't know, but the IRS would, because they've got a format to those letters now. You know, there's all kinds of tax fraud out there. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how catchable that is versus other things. But let me answer your other question. So there's a number of numbers here I can give you. Married okay. filing jointly. Let's go with that. It's a popular one. If you're under, if both spouses are under uh, 65, it's 25,900. Okay. If, if they're both over, it's 28,700. And if you're a single individual under 65, it's 12,950. Yeah, so it's basically the standard deduction, right? So, right. It's, but, it's, but it's a it's a little more complicated than that too, Robert. So, what's uh, are you married or single? I'm single. Okay. So, uh, are you collecting? Uh, uh, you collecting Social Security? Oh no, I was just curious. See, do they call that poverty level, or what do they call that these days? If you make twelve thousand a year, what? well, it's that not poverty level because there are some really rich people that have very low incomes. Well, oh, okay. you know, but, but for instance, but if people are getting Social Security income, that's uh, right. and if that's their, their sole source, maybe they've got some pensions, but they don't have, you know, maybe it's 10000 12000 of pensions, and they're taking out 25000 of Social Security, $35,000, but essentially your, your tax return is going to be zero because your Social Security isn't taxable at those levels. So um, okay. it really just depends on your age. Income level, marital status, and so and standard deduction is kind of a guide in all that. Okay, that's great. All right, all right. thanks. Appreciate right, your call. All right, again, it's an open show. Plenty of show left. Plenty of lines open. Four one zero nine two two six six eighty. Let's uh, hear from Frank in Bel Air. Frank, how can we help? Hi. Uh, quick shout out to Graham, who does a great job with your company. Yes, he does. Uh, uh, he's he's our guy. Um, Two related questions. Uh, number one, back when there was the Equifax uh, breach and those kind of things, we did the freezing of our credit. The, the first question is that is that still a good thing to have in place all the time? And uh, a lot of shows in this station advertise for the title freeze, which kind of sounds like uh, a boogeyman that is isn't real, but yes. tell me. Yeah, so uh, I'll do the uh, uh, so the credit freeze. Drew's had one for a long time. Um, I put I put ours on maybe three or four years ago, maybe yeah, four or five years ago, and um, and we do recommend it. Uh, it can be a hassle because there are things as far flung as you change your auto policy, your homeowner's policy, and you can they ask you for a credit check, or you change your Verizon to Comcast, uh, your TV. And they're going to run a credit check, so you have to you have to unfreeze or thaw your your uh, uh, in the various places you know the, the three that you have them in. You've got these credit freezes in, but it does prevent the the most often type of identity theft, and that is where people are establishing credit in your name. And once they do that, they run off to other places because, for instance, I was going to partially finance a, a car. Uh, three years ago when we bought it. And so I go and say, okay, uh, yeah, go run a credit check. They go, oh, we can't. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's frozen. I go, which one are you doing? 
They told me. I went out to my car. I got my, I got my, uh, the passwords and things I needed. I went, unfroze them. Literally, it takes effect immediately. They went back in and ran the credit, and they were good to go. So, um, the we had that question a couple of weeks ago about the I got an answer stuff. I got an answer. And we were not big fans <clears throat> of it, um, but uh, you know, so Mike's going to tee it up, and Mike's going to. Yep. Well, and I'll also go one back on the uh, credit freezes. They've made it so much easier now to freeze and unfreeze, go and yep. schedule a freeze-thaw and have it automatically come back. And it's free now to do it. And it's it free. It used to cost you 5 <clears throat> bucks per service per time to, to freeze it and unfreeze it. So, yeah, there's no, no real reason not to do it. Um, and I, I'll come back later on the show if we, don't have, if we have time, and I'll talk about using password managers to help that even be easier. But uh, from the uh, desk of the Mer- Maryland Attorney General, do you need this service to protect your your home from property thieves? The answer is no. Title fraud is very rare and hardly ever successful. So that's not my advice. That's the <laughs> Attorney General of Maryland in case any of the sponsors want to complain. <laughs> How's, how does okay, that answer great. the question, Frank? Yeah, absolutely. All, All right. right. Well, thanks, thanks so much. Y'all Thank you for calling in. Really yep. appreciate yep. it. Thank you. Jim, how can we help? Hey, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, uh, I heard the other night, and I didn't get the, the, the terminology that uh, IRAs were Roth, and there was no uh, tax penalty. Sure. So uh, non-deductible IRA uh, Roth conversion. So if you're, um, if you're not able to make a Roth contribution directly yourself, you go ahead and you get all of your money into your company 401k, so you have no other IRA money. So you have this empty IRA, you put your annual contribution into it, you wait a day or two, and you convert it to a Roth, you've got money in the Roth, no taxes. That's because it is a, it's, when it goes in there, it's not a traditional IRA contribution, it's, it's a non-deductible. So you're not, you're not reducing your income from it. And so this is allowed, uh, the, um, the 2017 tax law, you know, the, the notes Congress specifically said, you know, back to our Roths were, yep. were okay. Yeah, them. Yeah, and uh, if your income is too high, you can't get money directly into a Roth. Uh, this is the way you do it. But there's, again, it's, it's, um, how you do it and when you do it. Um, but you have up until tax time to do one for 2022. Does that answer your question, Jim? Yeah, I'm, I'm 70. I'm 73. Can I do it with my IRA to a Roth? So do you have – you have to have earned income to put money into a Roth or IRA. So do you have uh, um, any kind of earned income? Do you Are, are, you, st- are you still working or are you retired? Yeah, I'm, I'm still working. Yeah, okay. You're still working and your income is above that, uh, th- th- that piece where you can't go directly into a Roth? Well, are you married or single? Uh, married. Is your income over two hundred thousand dollars? Combined, no. Combined, Mine, yours and your wife. Yeah, combined. Right. No. Okay. Well, uh, for twenty twenty two, the number that starts to phase out is uh, maybe two hundred and six, I yep. guess, and gets phased out at two sixteen. Yeah, so I you think. can go directly. So into if you're the under two hundred six thousand dollars of adjusted gross income, um, that's your your wage income plus. Any Social Security plus t- any taxable uh, Social Security plus 
uh, interest, dividends, capital gains. If it's under $200,000, then you can go directly into a Roth for 2022 up to $7,000 each. Jim, we got to go away to break, but we appreciate your question, sir. Thank you. All right, open show, 410-922-6680. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, Financial Physical. Com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. And Chris and I are back and debating on the song name. What's the song name? It's Heart of Gold by Neil Heart Young. Heart of Gold, Neil Young. Neil Young. I remember this because I took guitar class in high school. <laughs> How long did you last this. with it, Mike? Not at all. I mean, it was so bad, the teacher just passed me for, for uh, bad I tried pity. twice. I tried when I was in second grade for two weeks, and then I tried when I was like 12 years old again to pick up the guitar. It's like, oh, no, this doesn't compute to me. No, I have no rhythm. <laughs> I have no ear for sound. I have, I have ear for sound, but... And I... You know, uh, if a, if a, if a sport has a ball in it, I'm kind of you know I'm, you know hand eye coordination I can play, but yeah, you and give if a sport me a musical a ball instrument, in it? a musical instrument, forget it. And if a sport has a ball in it, I can try to guess what sport it is. <laughs> how good I know about those, but let's not waste any more of Tim's time. Tim, how can we help? Hey, yeah, I'm like uh, I've hit the age where my wife is uh, telling me to get rid of all the crap in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, I've, you know, I've got a bunch of old computers in the basement. And last year I sold some on eBay and Facebook Marketplace. And, and uh, I get this 1099K from eBay and Facebook Marketplace. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, I didn't, I didn't keep the receipts from this stuff I bought six, seven years ago. And, and they're telling me now that it's anything over 600 bucks I'm going to have to pay taxes on in 2023. And Correct. This is, a, this is a real problem for a lot of guys I know selling this. You know, it's. It's not a business. I'm just selling junk to get it out of the house. Right. And now I'm going to pay taxes on it? Like like hell. Yeah. Well, the uh, the problem is a lot of other people were operating businesses online, selling things and using these payment systems like Venmo and not reporting the income. So the IRS takes its really big broad brush, or Congress, I guess, takes its really big broad brush and says, all right, start reporting all these transactions. Yeah, but it used to be twenty thousand. All right, I get yep. it. If you're doing twenty thousand dollars yep. of business on eBay. That's a business. Yep. I, I get it. But six hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, people sell that at a yard sale. Sure. Yep. I understand. Yeah. I it's, mean, uh, is there any any legislation going to do to make this thing stop? No. Well, you know the the, the tax uh, refresher course I took last month. Uh, basically, said if you don't report it, then you're 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 basically on your own. You know, for exposure. 
But you also hear that, you know, how how much are they going to be looking at it this year? Um, they've kind of downplayed, you know, the the uh, exuberance that they were talking about before, right? So there yeah. is discussion about about flipping it back. I also, um, you know, the IRS has two main ways of uh, reviewing or auditing tax returns. They have the actual normal audit where um, your egregious acts are so egregious looking that they're actually going to have humans take time to review your return. You really have to owe a lot. It has to be a pretty big either tax refund or a pretty big amount of income without taxes being paid for you to get onto that radar. They have another method using these letters, these CP2000 letters that say, hey, um, third parties reported income uh, on your tax ID that wasn't represented on your tax return. Please explain. Um, And those are the ones that are, you know, you're you're more likely to get, you know, if you take money out of an IRA and you don't claim it. Go ahead, Chris. You got... Well, I just uh, I was thinking I need to amend a little bit of what I when I uh, you know when I was uh, in the tax uh, update course was that eBay, Etsy, Venmo, Cash App. So the IRS came out at the last week of December and said that they are going to delay for a year uh, what their that rule about having 1099Ks come out for that. But if you're if you're on a uh, one of the e-commerce platforms. And you get a 1099. There's unfortunately there's there's no out for you. Yeah. So well, yeah, but if I if I don't have you know I, there's no way I made any money on these things. Right. And can you fight that if you if you did happen to keep the receipt? And also, my daughter pays part of her car insurance through Venmo. Is that considered income to me? Uh, it would need to be explained. Yeah, but, oh, but getting back to your first nightmare. question is, yeah, I mean, if you if you have receipts, you know, the, like in any time, the if the IRS shows up and says, okay, prove, um, you have to actually have, you have to prove with receipts the things that you put on the return. As long as you have receipts, then you're you're golden. But you know, because they'll go as far as even if you like gave charitable contributions, and you it definitely had it, but if you didn't have the receipt in hand at the actual day that you filed the return, let's say somebody didn't give you some, and you went back and you asked your organization, they gave it to you a month later, IRS sees that and says, wait a minute, you filed this on April the 1st, you didn't get the receipt till June the 1st, guess what? That deduction is null and void because you didn't have right. it. The law is you have to have it in hand, and they love to take advantage of that because they can get a high value for their time to get money back to them. So yeah, if you have if you have receipts for the, the things that you sold, then <laughs> yeah. you're good. Well, you know, and nobody has this. I'm telling you, this is I don't know how many listeners, but I bet you a majority of your listeners are going to run into this issue. This is a nightmare. Six hundred dollars is way too low. Yeah, but I would be really surprised if if you if you really are right around that six hundred dollar threshold or even under ten thousand dollars. I would be surprised to see if you don't report it if anything comes your way. Okay. Um, well, well, my wife used to see just for the for giggles, put it into the TurboTax, and just the, from the ten ninety nine, I got one from PayPal, and I got one, and it would have raised our payable taxable income a thousand dollars if we if we'd actually put it in for use for twenty twenty two tax year. Sure. And, and I and I sold hardly anything. Right. So I don't. This, uh, this yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it is. I think it's. Uh, uh, well. You, I'll tell you the where the problem lies is if you uh, you go get your hair cut or you go anywhere like those places, you're going to see a little placard that says, new way to tip, Venmo. 
And that's what's that's what the uh, that's what they're uh, the IRS was going in their haircut too, and they say, oh, Venmo, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, and you know we we I will say like I've uh, young people especially, we've had at least two or three clients' children, who these are always the kids that are kind of uh, walk to a different beat, and they're in the basement and they're doing something on their computers, and their dad's questioning and saying, how how are you making money, and they're you know. They're arbitraging stuff on Amazon and you know those other types of websites and and those are the other ones that you know didn't keep any receipts, just flying high and loose and yeah, you know, large transaction values. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, appreciate All right. it. Hey, Tim. Thanks for calling. Sorry, we didn't have a different answer for you, but you know that's uh, you know for people who are who are trying to circumvent the system, it impacts people who are just you know getting a couple bucks. Yeah. For stuff that they're selling out of the basement that they're not, you know, they're not making money on. Yeah, and I'd be, we'll, we'll be watching to see how they actually, how they actually implement this. If you say, hey, this was used computer equipment from the basement, you know, I sold a thousand dollars worth. If I of tried it. to give it away, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you, so yeah. It's, but I hope you remove the hard drives. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Coming yep. for. Uh, that's we get all of our hard drives and memory chips. They all, whenever the, our laptops go bad, they come out and they go into a sh- uh, special shredder. But one thing before we close out, there was yeah. a guy earlier on the on the call who uh, we were a little worried maybe he uh, missed an RMD. So here's something else on the Secure 2.0 Act: If you do miss an RMD in the past, the penalty was fifty percent of the. Which R&D. wasn't always enforced, but yes, technically it was 50%. Technically 50%. So they yeah. brought it down to technically 25 and if you do it in a special window, it can be 10 But here's my message. In the event you miss an RMD and you're doing your tax return, don't go quietly into that good night. File the form because the IRS many times, probably more often than not, will abate the penalty. 5329. We're client right now. He didn't get it out until January this year. We're going to go back to the IRS and say, you know, he wanted to take it out, claim it in fifty in uh, in December, and asking for forgiveness. As uh, Mr. Tignanelli would say, mea copa, mea copa. <laughs> there you go. So, because uh, the IRS, in the end, they just want you to get the money out. Yeah. In, in this particular instance, they just want you to get the money out, take the RMD out, because they want to be able to tax it in the future. Yep. So that's, uh, Mike, we're out of time. Yeah. I think, are we out of time? Yeah. The music's going to start playing any any second now. So uh, there it is. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we uh, took care of the uh, the big guy's uh, sh- uh, ship for the evening, Chris. Andrew will be back with a guest, with a co-host. I think one of us. Ne- next week. And uh, have a great night. Uh, we'll look forward to, to being with you next week. Things are gonna be much better